With me, Richard Innes. And me, Steve Meyer. Today we are joined by a very, very special guest, uh, a man who has sold a remarkable 10 million books, uh, children's books around the world. Yeah, we've got uh, Oliver Jeffers, who's over in the UK uh, from his home in New York, um, and he's got your book out, and we're going to talk about that. Um, so, Oliver, I think you're a first-time dad-ish yourself, so can you tell us about that? Yeah, my son is two and a bed. I kind of stopped cutting them once a long time ago. I just couldn't get once. Once he turned one, he was like, he's one, not his other 14 months. Because <laughs> one in a bed. <laughs> when did you go from weeks to months, and when did you go from months to years? I, I was considering going back to months for myself. <laughs> trying to work out how many months old I am. I just confused. Yeah, Harland is uh, two and I think four months. Great. Great. And how's that experience been for you? I mean, it's been tremendous. It's, people say it changes everything, and it does in some ways. That's obvious, and it does in other ways. I mean, we got lucky. We, we got ourselves a sleeper. He, he knows oh, I, I, might, I might have to ask you to leave, I'm afraid, at this point. <laughs> Will you get this? He, uh, we sometimes have to wake him up. Oh, for so it's because we need to get the <laughs> <laughs> It's like winning the lottery, yeah, essentially. We got another one coming on, so I reckon... Uh, Fate has a, a way of balance. Oh, calm is about to kick you in the so ass. I think that's might have trouble brewing. <laughs> <laughs> is it so? And Harland is is the inspiration really behind the books. Is that fair to say? Without question. I mean, well, Harland just explaining the idea of explaining the way in which things work to somebody who doesn't know anything, who has no predispositions, who has no sort of previous models, no expectations, um, and it's an interesting thing to. Even as an exercise for yourself, because I started explaining things then before he obviously was understanding what he was saying. But when you break things down and you, it, I was explaining them to, to me as much as I was to him. Um, and yeah, so the book is very much about that notion of. Uh, the book, by the way, is called Here We Are. Yeah. Here we are. Living on planet Earth. Uh, and yeah, so an absolute beginner's guide to living on the planet. Um, partly inspired by uh, me explaining things to my then two month old son mm -hmm. or. You know, a couple of weeks old, or a couple of weeks old son, um, but then also partly uh, taken from the my Instagram feed and social media feed, which was commenting on all things that were happening politically. It just seemed to have been this wave of uh, political disturbance mm -hmm. sweeping across the planet, and I was partly reacting to that, partly explaining these things to my son, and then the two things combined mm. in a way. But you know, actually, when I think about it. Maybe the way I was attuned to the things that were happening politically is because I was thinking about things differently. Absolutely. Respect. Absolutely. It changes you. I, I find it made me feel less selfish in a way. Uh, and you realize how big everything is ideas and places and, you know, fears. When you're in charge of yourself, it doesn't feel like quite such a big deal. But when you're in charge of someone else, like a little boy who can't feed themselves, yeah. can't do anything, is completely helpless. Exactly. And yeah. my my older brother described it as, and it sounds weird when you hear it like this, but he says you actually love somebody more than you love yourself for the first time. Not to say that he loved himself, but sure. you you do. You're the starring role in the film of your life, but mm -hmm. suddenly then you're not. And it is that shift. We that, that's quite a difficult shift sometimes as well. In terms of that negative, in terms of like, I found that a little bit in terms of 
actually taking the focus off yourself. It takes a minute. It takes, it, you know, I, I didn't find it instantaneous. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, some people talk about that kind of instant light bulb moment when their baby's born. With me, it's taken a little bit of time just yeah. to, okay, right, I get it now. You are you are the center of the world now. I am I'm the center of my universe. And nobody really prepares you for mm. how ugly they are when they first come. <laughs> 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 um, but the, the magnitude of the whole thing, yes, I think for dad, it takes, it takes a little while. It, mm. it took me a couple of seconds to realize that. A couple of weeks really to realize that my number one rule was not looking after this baby, but looking after my wife who's mm-hmm. looking after this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, as that that sort of shift in perspective, which suddenly everything seems so big, um, it really came on for me. We just this past summer we we took him to Tennessee to see the total eclipse, which went right across the states. Wow. We went into the path of totality, and that split second where the moon totally covered the sun, I got for a fraction of a second a sense of. At that the reality of the scale of the solar system and it reminded me of the exact what he was born. Space is a big place. In his so recently into Jackson in New York. I do I try, I try to do this um demonstration of the size of the solar system using some props on him in the, in the book and, and even at a tiny scale where uh, Earth is, is minute, it, it would require multiple eyes for scale model. I should point out at this stage that Steve knows your book probably better than you do because your boy Jackson is a yeah, bit of a fan. To say I, the least. I got I got sent it ahead of meeting Oliver and Jackson's twenty months, so he's just coming out of the. I'm waiting. How, how many months? <laughs> What's that year? That's <laughs> right. Oh, it's year and a half. Oh, it's year and a half. A bit. A year and a half. And three months. And he's just coming out of the. the Open flap, there is a tiger behind flap stage. Which is what my boy's in, as I should say. He's eight months, so he's still at that kind of what's yeah. behind the flap. But your boy's getting a bit... Looking at a page and taking everything in on the page and remembering next time he comes to the book that there is something that he wants to point out to me. So there's a great page of the book where there's lots of pictures of different people um, and there's a lady in a long overcoat who's on the way by a phone. Uh, it looks like she's going to work. It's very busy. And he points at it and goes, Mummy. <laughs> I, I sometimes, uh, I've, we're in the animal page when they say, which one's daddy? I'm like sort of a bear or a gorilla or something. He's got a beard. But um, yeah, he loves it. And so we have like a bookshelf with all of the, his books on. And when he has bedtime, um, I say, do you want to choose some books? And he picks four and pours about the right amount. And, but he always goes for yours. First one. Oh, that's it. My son doesn't. <laughs> he's, not, he's, de- he's dedicated to it. He goes for the uh, Dicker books. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. So it's like more books in Europe. Um, yeah, he pointed out Mummy and Busy. So it's amazing just how much is actually going in. Uh, we he, uh, So Harland goes to preschool in Brooklyn, and then we took him back to Belfast for a little while, and he went to his granny runs uh, daycare, mm-hmm. or sorry, uh, a preschool in Northern Ireland, Crawfordsburg Playgroup, and she went she brought, she brought Harland in there and all of the other kids like to draw but Harland liked to make art uh, and so then I thought I'd ask him from a bunch of people I was like what does daddy make in the studio and without missing a beat he said monies it must be interesting though for you when you go around and you meet people whose kids read read your books like Steve's pointing out something very specific there that his son <laughs> yeah. has noticed you must have Every time it must be different. It must be so. Every kid must have a different experience yeah, of the book, yeah, especially on those pages, the animal page and mm-hmm. Pedro. People like to get lost the detail, but that's only going to start happening because today is the first day that the book is on. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, it was a video, I think, on your Instagram of Harland unwrapping the book. Yeah, 
And one of Oliver's previous books is about penguin that turns up at a little boy's door. And in the new book, there is a penguin on a iceberg. Yeah. And Harden looks at that page yeah. and points at the penguin and says he's waiting for the boy. Yeah. Which is him referencing your latest book. No, it is. It's, it's, it's incredible. I cut the video off at that point because then you hear his granny saying he's getting indoctrinated. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's a great marker Yeah, exactly. It's a stem yard. When you were, when you were, uh, when you spend time with Harland and you take him out and, and Brooklyn's a busy place and, yeah. and, and there's lots of traffic and stuff do you have you felt yourself being super protective and and that kind of stuff I'm fairly no you couldn't know have you know now that he's sort of running and one well, now and we taught him very early on when you when we say stop you stop yeah. and so you know he'd run on 20 30 feet ahead and we'd say stop and he would he would mm. actually stop but yeah I, I don't I mean I grew up playing in the streets I'm sure yeah, yeah. and I don't think the world is a more dangerous place now than it was then. It's perhaps it's just used to set more newspapers, arguably. Yeah. We're more aware of that danger, we're aren't we? We're aware of the, it's of the danger um, that is either there or is not. And I don't think that you see kids playing in the street anymore. And I don't want to, I don't want the, that there to be that fear there from every hinge. So, I mean, you know, it's you, you, you gamble. Um, and I don't want to gamble with my son's safety or, or anything like that. But I wouldn't be so protective. But the, I'm talking about we're around where the studio is first, where uh, where we live. If we were going right into like Times Square or something, obviously I'd keep it real tight. Yeah, yeah. And he's at the age now, I guess, where he's asking why, what, and a lot of not quite okay, not quite okay. at that age. And uh, he's he's I think he's still sort of just you know, telling these weird little stories. He has a start started the why phase. He has okay. and he is only two. And I think yeah. comes a little later. And, what, and you, but the book explains. Life, do you, you, you think? Do you explain what you're seeing as you're walking around with him? Do you just come make you feel comfortable? Yeah, no, it's it's not why so much as what's that. Okay, at this point, okay. so what's, I'm not explaining how things work so much yet as the names of things. Yeah, um, you know, he's, he's taking it all in, and he'll re- recite things on Slater that he's remembered seeing. Yeah. So it is all going in there. Which I suppose takes us back to the to the theme of the new book, really. I'm I'm curious. Would you have been able to to come up with this book before you were a father? It's I mean it's highly unlikely. Yeah. Like I definitely was feeling the things that I was feeling um, about the the way in which the political temperature of the world is, both yeah. in terms of climate politically. Uh, but the that might not have manifested itself in in the way of this book. Right. Um, it you know I I don't even know if I was sort of would have started posting on social media but things because I thought prior I, just, I write stories and make art who's it's not my place to to comment on these things and then I felt an overwhelming compulsion to and, uh, and then I was encouraged by other people sort of saying that, that, that thanking me because I was giving their thoughts and feelings a voice mm. so I, and, and then I kept kept it up and it I think the the way in which I was feeling about the world might have manifested itself a different way but I don't even know if I would have started posting had I not been mm. expecting no, no point. Mm. So I would, I'd say it's highly unlikely. Because I think most, I think most ads would have been at the same point, perhaps you were at when you started to work on the book. In the sense of, even though you have a two, three week old child in your arms, you are already thinking about those future conversations. You're already thinking about when he first speaks, what are we going to talk about? When he first wants to know about politics, what are we going to talk about? When he first wants to say, "I'm a boy and she's a girl," what am I going to talk? You know, all, the, all of those various milestones. But I suppose what's different is that you've channeled that into into this mm-hmm. 
which is really interesting. And, it, and it, it really does, it really does do that job. I was quite touched when I, I only read it for the first time today. And coming through it, it's so beautifully simple, and yet you're you're actually sort of conveying some quite complicated ideas. So, do you think going forward, as Harlan grows up, you'll try and follow this kind of theme in terms of I the way you? There's one of my dad's voice in that mm. things that he said to me, and, and he's a he's great. Like one of his greatest skills, even to this day, is is explaining very complicated things in a very simple way mm. and in, in an easy to understand and picture way. Uh, and I suppose I've probably possibly inherited that from him so I, I, I very much think so but that will be the way that happens. I mean that is my voice I didn't know this was going to be a book uh, really until after I'd written it okay I thought I was just writing him a letter oh okay so that was the starting point it yeah. was just a message a personal yeah. message between the two of you yeah. and so at what point did that turn into the kernel that actually this could become a book whenever I realised that the, the letter wasn't just to him but to myself and then I realised it was feeding off of the energy of these um, social media posts that I was telling mm-hmm. And that other people might benefit from being re-reminded of some of these things. So I certainly was being uh, benefiting from re-reminding myself. Yeah, he sounds sounds like the book maybe came you struggling to as a lot of us have been absolutely about this political change to explain the world back to ourselves mm-hmm. because you kind of thought you knew where you were. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, and maybe don't anymore. I do argue that all of what's happening. It is, and in my more optimistic moments, um, we're we're watching the the last dying thrusts of the old way, the old sort of selfish way of life. And if you slowly watch yeah. the the ebbs and flows of things, people are becoming more and more aware, and more and more unified, and and equality is becoming much greater thing. And and I do think that because of what happens here with the Brexit vote and what happened, yes, with the Trump vote, I think people are more politically educated and aware mm-hmm. now than they were two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, there's the the funny thing is. The, the Google search the day after Brexit vote is a what is what is Brexit or what is Brexit people's what is that's right that you know in the months after Trump voted so many people voting like what is Congress yeah. what is it? how does the American political system actually yeah. work terrifying but also in a in a weird sort of way that is a very optimistic view of it, it because you know for, but, for real change to happen you know it's, it wasn't going to happen quickly unless something drastic occurred and I think we're yeah. watching that drastic thing occur but it is, you, you do choose to believe, and I, I exactly like you, I choose to believe that this is just the last throws of the dice of the old order, and that actually we will now get back to kind of the progressive movement forward in history once we get past that. Quite um, missing some sort of child. Yeah, although, yeah, but maybe we're all saying this because we don't want our, we don't want to fathom the we idea. That we, the yeah, too, because we don't want to fathom the idea that our children are going to grow up in a world where Trump and Brexit are the norm. You know, maybe that's, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe that's it. Okay, very deep. We should be thinking. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're swerved into depth and philosophy. You know, feeding and nappies and, and that kind of stuff. But the idea of communicating to your child or teaching your child about the world, I suppose, by its very nature, is quite a you know, it's quite an existential thing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very complicated. And I've it, it's interesting what you were saying because I about talking to Harland when he was at that age. Uh, you know, Ben, my boy, is eight months old, and he's still, you know, he, he's not quite talking just yet. But I do still find myself having these quite deep conversations with them sometimes. You do, yeah. I suppose you know, as an adult human being, without children, you just you, you get on with your life. You just sort of consume, consume, consume. Read what you're told. Um, listen. That's the way things are. Mm. Then suddenly, when, whenever that that huge paradigm shift occurs, you do start not questioning everything, but just uh, re-examining the structure of things. Mm. Uh, and that can only be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I just occurred to me that from the very moment. That your child born, 
kind of leaning over them and asking them what they want, trying to understand them rather than necessarily you communicating. Yeah. It's it's what he what, what's 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 like, going on? What's that noise? That, you would like to think that's what most people are thinking. And I think one of the, the more important life lessons I ever learned was that just what I want for somebody isn't necessarily what they want for themselves. And I think mm-hmm. that can be so sort of unhappy. Well, sleep, but you know, just the you, you, any adult who's got a fractured relationship with their parents is probably because there was a degree of disappointment, and that the person ended up not being what their parents wanted mm-hmm. them to be. Mm-hmm. And that understanding of what somebody wants for themselves possibly mean different, but equally okay from what you want for them. If, if that that's on you, though, rather than the person. Yeah. I'm I'm acutely aware of that. That the idea that you have to give, and I'm always thinking about that with Ben. That you want him to be the person he is going to be. You don't want to force that personality right. upon him. You don't want to say this is the type of person you need to be. Yeah. You want to give him the freedom and the ability to become the person he's meant to be. Well, that's it. And that means listening. Yeah, yeah. This the, I had a book come out a couple of years ago it was the uh, once upon an alphabet and in it um i thanked my dad for never making me get a real job <laughs> all my other friends their parents who expected them to have you know proper jobs mm-hmm. uh whatever it was it was one of the classic civil servant or architect or yeah. doctor or whatever it was and my dad just encouraged me to be me and and I'd, it wouldn't have turned out this way for me had there been and i probably would have nearly as good a relationship with him had it not been for him his understanding of that I didn't didn't necessarily fit the mold. And you got brothers and sisters, three brothers. Where do you fit? I'm second oldest. Okay, okay. Because I was a whole noise. Even even uh, my even the dog. I'm used to joke. Even the dog had a. What can I swear? They were cons. We were bringing a kiss. We filled in the blanks there. Yeah, I'm I'm third of four, so actually, I, I yeah, I'm in, in a similar boat to you. Oh, boys. No, well, no. Funny enough, my sister was is the eldest, and then I'm and then the three boys followed. So she was the yeah. My my dad only had a brother, and my brother has only sons, and my dad's brother only has sons, and oh, his dad only had brothers. And this little girl that we're expecting years oh, later as a girl, the first William oh, Jefferson. Generation, oh my god, that's, that's quite a lot of pressure on, on that little girl's shoulders before she's even arrived. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of pressure, zero pressure. Well, that's true. It's just yeah, not doing yeah, it. You look at it, no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> so it's fine. Here's, here's an interesting point. Do you and I, I know what the answer, I, I guess I know what the answer will be, but do you do you expect to communicate a different message about the world to your daughter to the one you're communicating to your son? Very probably, because you know, uh, whenever I ask my dad, um, when we find out to work on that. First, first song. It was like, okay, uh, you've been great. You raised four very healthy boys. Made a turbulent period in Northern Irish history. What's the secret? Lay on me. And he, he didn't know. But uh, when he thought about it, he came back to me afterwards. And he thinks, I think it was just consistent. You know, I decided how I felt about things. And I tried to be a CFR word and a rocky word. Um, there, there was that. But yeah, I think you have to you have to react to the person. So that's the same thing by listening mm-hmm. and not placing your expectations on somebody else. My, uh, my good friend, Mac, uh, in the states, he has two daughters. And he was determined that his daughters were going to love skateboarding and baseball, and <laughs> not princesses or anything like that. And you know, whenever he, whenever the the uh, oldest one was three, he'd come into the studio dripping with pink glitter. So <laughs> there was nothing he could talk about. He doesn't. Yeah, that stuff never goes away. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's funny because yeah, yeah, we yeah, we've yeah. just done in our in another podcast we've just had that exact debate with someone we spoke about the about, boys yeah. toys girls toys do they do such things exist <laughs> I I wonder because we tried we got out of the yeah a tall and a pram and uh, but he just was automatically drawn to diggers for whatever reason 
We were pushed that on. Do you have when you when you write a book like I, I keep coming back to the book just because I I do genuinely love it. Steve's introduced me to it and it is wonderful. Do you have boys or girls in mind at any point when you're whether it be this book or another book you've done? Yeah, they're very different. So there are certain books in your mind. It's not, our book is not based on a particular person, but there's little essences of people that I know that filter the characters. Everything good is based on reality. Yeah, I suppose, and whether that would be the same with adult fiction, mm-hmm. child kid fiction is his name across the board, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess. You, um, we're talking about explaining stuff to kids. <laughs> Do you think there's a, can there be a, a subject? You thought, I don't know how long could have approached that. You know, what's my... Uh, Probably not. So, you know, when, whenever the answer is is not going to be a nice one, whenever yeah you, you have to suddenly stop sugarcoating things and, and be perfectly honest with your children, that's probably going to be a difficult conversation to have. And that there's probably going to be many of those. Mm. And um, I, I do remember uh, again that I keep referencing my my dad because I, I have such a great relationship with him, and he was over visiting us. And um, Arnold did wake up at the time one time and was was crying, and and I had to wake up and put his dodo back in and. Uh, and I sort of was saying to my dad, I was like, yeah, I don't get to sleep great. I had to wake up and blah, 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 keep putting on his dodo back in. And uh, my dad just looked at him and was like, just enjoy his moments when he can actually solve his problems. Mm. Like, no. Okay. Do you know what? Mm. That, that fills me with absolute terror, that that statement, because I find I find myself thinking the other way around. I keep finding my, and you guys will know better than, than I because your, your kids are older than mine. But I find myself wondering, Oh, I'll be better when I'm actually able to converse with them. When, when we're actually able to have a conversation, I'll be better at that. Then you know what they want. Yeah. Mm. But it's true. But your dad's point there is a very good one. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, the solution is quite simple at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. it's only going to be one of a few things. Yeah. The closest is the hospital trip, I think. When you have to hand over the care, if you there's ever anything that involves a hospital visit, and it's not you, you're putting your trust in a third party yeah. to to look after your child. That's that's quite a strange... A strange donation. Uh, it will, though, under... Yeah, that's it. Isn't yeah. It? Um, you've got a new baby on the way. How much does Harlan know about... I mean, obviously, recognize, I guess you can tell when your wife partner, you know, stomach has uh, altered in shape and size. Oh, yeah. No, he, he understands that he's getting a little sister for Christmas and... Uh, and he talks about it. He was like, you know, what is your little sister going to say? And he's like, oh, my hand. <laughs> um, uh, he, he, re- he repeats the things that we say to him. He seems to understand it, but I don't know if he actually physically gets the, mm. mentally gets the, the biology. <laughs> no, like, no, but I think he knows there's a baby coming home very soon. Yeah. To give you some idea, my, my younger brother's two years younger than me, and my mum still tells the story that he came, she brought him home from the hospital, and after a few hours, apparently I said, He's very nice. You can take him back now. <laughs> <laughs> she never did. Yeah. Still Several decades on, I'm still waiting for him to be taken back to the shop. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's an entirely different different thing. So what would be, for, you know, as somebody who, for a living, I suppose, communicates kind of complex messages to children, if you're talking to a dad like, you know, a new dad like Steve and myself or someone else, what would be your key tip in terms of, when you get to that point where you're sitting down to have a first kind of deep and meaningful conversation with your child, where, what, what oh, I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, one of the reasons that my books are successful, I think, is because I don't try to um, talk down to children. I mean, yeah. I'm reading, I, the, this book is the first book I have ever written out for myself. So all the rest of the stories are, I'm just trying to entertain myself. Yeah. So it's not like I, I was tapped into some magical 
But I think that's a tap in itself, isn't it? I think that's a tip in itself. What you're saying there is, well, don't. Don't talk now. Did you, you know, talk, talk. Honestly, yeah. what is that? That's C.S. Lewis always said. It was like, whoever is writing down the children is wasting their time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that is the case. I think the, the, one of the reasons my books have been successful is because most four-year-olds share my sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and that it, it is that. I think they can spot thinly veiled morals or messages a mile away. And so I think giving your audience credit Oh, that make, that always makes me think of Roald Dahl, who was my absolute hero when I was a kid. I, I read every every word the man ever wrote, and I think that he was a prime example of that. That you don't talk down to your children are way smarter than many people give credit for. <laughs> yeah, when you pick that up, you, with them picking stuff up, you suddenly realise. I think as we've spoken about in the past, that they're absorbing so much and everything and everywhere, not just what you're telling them, but what they're seeing was like past them in the street yeah. and what other people are telling them at nursery or, or, or you know, time they spend with your wife and then suddenly this, yeah, blimey, they, mm. you know, they, it's, it's a big world and there's lots of stuff coming at them and I've only got a little handle on a bit of it. Mm. Which is, again, a terrifying thought to an extent. Yeah. And they have their own little world that you're only partially yeah. ready to. And we send our son off to preschool now and we come back and we're like, what did you do? Nothing about it. We've no idea. That's for four hours a day. Anyone tell us? Good preparation for a teenager. Something like that. That my granny used to say is like, uh, boys are difficult until they're 10 and then become easy. And girls are easy until they're 10 and then become difficult. Yeah. I don't know if there's any truth in that, but she had plenty of grandchildren. So probably. Yeah. There's definitely something in that. So, honestly, people have. We'll have some dads who are already dads who are like Rich and I who are approaching your books. You won't have read necessarily just your own books to your son, presumably. What kind of stuff do you look for in children's book that you're, or a book that you're going to give me to Harlot? Mostly diggers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the impression you may be a tad fed up with diggers. Yeah. Um, we uh, we made him a ticker caution for Halloween. Wow. Because he, he really wanted it, and that's all he talked about. And then brought it home, and he wore it for maybe seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then already we're thinking this this, this poor girl who's come along. We're never going to spend a week making a caution. <laughs> the second child's best said, "The show is a bigger caution." Go on, let's go. 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 Uh, he, he really does enjoy books. Sometimes it will be quite quiet, and which usually spells trouble, and we'll go up and he'll be in his room just his nose on a book. Um, he begs random ones, you know, I think just ones he likes to look at the pictures of. Uh, uh, we have his fortune enough because I, I know a couple of people are publishing, so publishers sent me a bunch of classic books, and I first came, and there was a lo load that I had missed first time around. Um, are there so particular we, ones that stand out for you that you, you're particularly fond of? Um, there are, and of course, completely coin blue. <laughs> uh, one that one that seems to come up an awful lot is the Big Red Barn, Margaret Wise Bryan, which is an American one, which he really likes. Yeah, yeah, we like the Good Night Moon. Yeah, she's her as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah there's a series in the three. I think the series the Good Night Moon one. Yeah. It's a Runaway Bunny. It's another one too. Be nice. Though I, I did read uh, an alternate version of Runaway Bunny once. I don't know. It's ruined in my eyes. Now. Oh, I think oh, it's it's not it's an alternate version, right? With yeah. <laughs> Uh, ones like that. Um, I also, unfortunately, I have uh, quite a few friends who are in the industry too, so I, I kept copies of the books. He he, he loves uh, Mr. Beak's Adventures at the Zoo by Kevin Waldron. Um, yeah, so he finds it, and he's this was a testament to 
kind of the awakening of a sense of humor as Splat by John Berman. He really loved. Cause he got it, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, that's some good, there's some good tips there. Right. Going forward off the checklist there for Jackson. Definitely. Are there, are there the, the, I think Steve sort of asked this question earlier, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Are there particular subjects that you're very keen to cover um, in future books? You know, things that, because I know we've talked about the importance of the political messaging and those types of things, but are there specifics that you've already got ticking over in your mind of things that you'd want to address? Not not necessarily. I mean, I didn't set out to write a book yeah. uh, that explained everything to him. It, it just sort of happened that way. And the good ideas, the good concepts happen more naturally rather than almost commissioning yourself. That makes sense, yeah. They have to happen organically a lot at all. No, to this point, once I had the idea and I, I made the connection that this concept I was working on should be a book, I haven't really stopped since then. It took me almost two years to make the art and then wow. during yeah, since... So I don't really know what comes. It, it sort of seemed to me that the next step, having read it, was you move a bit more into climate change and planets and that that <clears> kind yeah, of I stuff. Yeah, I mean, because there's a yeah. big theme of that. I think I definitely that that definitely goes into uh, the social media sort of posting that I do. Mm. Rather than just "Hey kids, we're all messing up the planet," you know. Uh, better learn how to swim. Abandoned Well, yeah, I, I put my ener- energies into. Okay, well, here are some actions that we adults can take yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, rather than just going, isn't it awful? Yeah. Adding to the noise, trying to actually do something that's a little more positive or a little more action oriented. And we, we were obviously doing first time dads. We, we were sort of getting towards the end of our time. What can dads do, do you think? What, what, how can dads help their kids? And what role do dads can play greater today? That he didn't ever so I just think talk about them, be aware, and, and it changes where you are. You know, it's like you, maybe there's a recycling program where you live, and, and maybe there's not. Or, you know, somebody else said it was like recycling is it's too late for that now. We need much more uh, radical change. I think just educate yourself <clears throat> and be aware. No, 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 no. Which I think it's brief. It pretty much puts a nail on the head, really. Um, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you. Thank you very much for sort of coming. It's, um, and I, I do genuinely mean it when I say I love the book. I love the messaging of it. I love the, what it stands for. Um, yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate coming up. Oh, God, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying good luck about the book. No, no. Good luck about the really big good work. Good luck. And, and, uh, <laughs> perhaps in the next book we can get you back to talk about the difference between one and two. Well, one and two. And boys and girls. Yeah. yeah that, that's the bigger question. Yeah. Everyone keeps telling me the second one's a tough one. So, you know, good luck with that. Like we say. Second one's a Probably makes sense. Yeah. More karma coming your way. Um, if you like the podcast, uh, please do review us and rate us and subscribe on iTunes and leave some comments for us as well. Yeah. And if you want to talk to us about any of the subjects we've talked about in this podcast, then please email us at firsttimedads at trinitymirror.com. And yeah, that's about it for now. So uh, join us again for the next one. And thanks for listening. Cheers.